fellow Zeros. Thank you so much for tuning into Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that knows that's all he does. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm joined by two other soldiers from the future. We've got Corey. The podcast that can make a career out of this guy. And sequel. Podcast is a couple cans short of a six-pack. And honorable mention being the podcast that didn't build the fucking thing. In case you couldn't figure it out, because those were kind of vague. We're here to talk to you about The Terminator, or if you didn't read the episode title, that's fine. Before we do that, though, we got some stuff to do. We have an email. Whoa. I know. From our old friend Bennett. Whoa! Ooh. Exciting. It's a good day, right? Such a good day. Great day. So Bennett writes, Hey, ZTHers. I wanted to email and ask you to do Police Academy 1. I think there's a lot to talk about, but I don't think I ever did, because it's not really superhero-y. Give it a rewatch and see what you think. I think you guys would have a fun time with it, Bennett. Ma- I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Maybe oh, for some please. kind of bonus episode in the future, but it's not really in the category of what we do. I love that movie. Uh, yeah, except for the fact that there are literally Police Academy comic books. Are there? Yes. Well, then edit to the docket at a future date. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming at you, Bennett. It's a coming. The Police Academy train is coming, Bennett. Not sure, you know, when that train's going to pull into station, but... Not sure when, how, or how drunk we'll be, but... I can't wait. <laughs> I'll tell you, the last one is a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Bennett. If you want to be like Bennett and send us an email, you can do that to zthpodcast at gmail.com. And that was our email. Now we're going to let you know what we've been watching this week before we get into our main coverage of The Terminator. Hey, Sequel, what did you watch? I rewatched Wonder Woman. Wow. Yeah. Was it still as amazing as we initially anticipated? That was amazing, and I am going to say it's the best DC movie. Yeah. Ever. Surpassing Dark Knight. Okay. Shit. That's how much I love that movie. And I bought it on Blu-ray from Target, because there's a Target app called Carnival, I think. Shameless plug. It's weird. So my wife told me about it, and there's like, it, Cartwheel it's called. There's secret coupons. Nice. So it was like... Something like 60% off of Blu-rays or something like that. That's awesome. So I was like, awesome. So you didn't even... I was going to say, damn, you went to Target, got like the real high-end full-price Blu-ray? No. at least for the $30 Blu-ray. <laughs> the multi-format? No. Was, I got a good discount, but that movie is phenomenal. It is? Yes. From what I remember. It's pretty good. Can't wait to watch it again myself. Hey, Corey, what have you been watching? Man, I've had a busy week. I watched uh, the first episode of Ozark. The new Netflix show with Jason Bateman. And it is awesome. I heard it's really good. It, I, again, I'm only one episode in, so I can't imagine how much better it's going to get. But the first episode is spectacular. Completely different. Like, he still has that, like, dry Jason Bateman humor. But there's not a lot of comedy happening around it. So it actually is, just translates really well to drama. Super interesting. And I finally watched The Room. It happened. It finally happened. I watched... The best worst movie ever made, and it tore me apart, Lisa. <laughs> we should do that as a bonus episode. That's I want to do a commentary of it. Yeah, that's absolutely something we should do. Because we can't review that. No. A review would be, this movie's terrible, here's why. <laughs> if you like, you can go to YouTube, type in room reviews, probably hundreds upon yeah. hundreds. The CinemaSins is fucking amazing. It's one of the best CinemaSins I've ever watched. I watched a whole mess of stuff. Oh, shit. I watched the movie Bull Durham. I've never seen it before. Did you like it? I did. It's not what I was expecting. It's way more vulgar than yes. I expected it to be. I was it's like, very huh, vulgar. 
This, I thought this was going to be more a minor league baseball focus and not more about fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I also watched uh, Nick Offerman's comedy special, American Ham. thought that was okay. It's more a speech than it is comedy. There's a bunch that are like that. Julius Sweeney has a couple of stand-up routines that are mostly just speeches. I have mixed thoughts on those. I watched Scary Movie 2, because that movie was just on, and that movie's fine. And I watched Nightmare Before Christmas, because I've never seen that before. You just... Yeah. As an adult, seeing it for the first time, don't get it. Yep. Nope. I'm in your camp. I was talking about this movie today at work. I think it was overhyped for me, because I saw it when I was, like, 22 years old. Every... I also just saw it at 22 years old. (laughs) Come at me, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, uh, I was an emo kid, so it was on steady rotation at both Halloween, Christmas, and every other month of the year. I could watch that movie. I just don't get it. No, I I understand not getting it, but... It's a movie that tells you to just be what you are, don't strive for anything else, and it's not particularly entertaining. Like, it's fine. It's the animation style, like, visually, it's it's, kind of... Like, Jack Skellington blew up, he's all over these things, like, he's like a... He's all on t-shirts and hats yeah, and stuff. I'm like, he doesn't do anything in the movie, really. I don't get it. It was, again, I, I think Zeke will hit it on the head. It's it's the stop-motion animation style, which was new. I mean, it looks so incredibly Tim Burton. And it's just fun for those people that are, like, are dark and sad on the inside. To be like, oh, this had me fun time, like Christmas, can be destroyed by Halloween Town? That sounds fantastic. And I also watched The Room. With me. <laughs> With Corey. Yep. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what we've been watching. Let's get into our main event here. Let's talk to you about The Terminator. I'm going to give you the movie facts. The Terminator came out in 1984. It's rated R and it's one hour and 47 minutes long. Its director's name is uh, James Cameron. You may have heard of him. He actually hasn't directed that many movies. I was surprised. He's also brought us Aliens, The Abyss... Terminator 2, True Lies, Titanic, and Avatar. Is that really it? That's it. We've seen every James Cameron movie. Yep. The movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Bean, Linda Hamilton, Paul Winfield, Lance Henriksen, and Earl, I'm going to say it's either Bone or Bowen. Not sure. The budget for the movie was a surprising $6.4 million dollars. And it grossed $78 million. I'm assuming there's some kind of re-releases involved, but that's a lot. And $38 million of that was domestic. The scores for the movie. Rotten Tomatoes has this movie at 100%. That's certified fresh. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> it's, that's a perfect score. Did you, did you know that going in? No. Really? You just heard that for the first time? Mm-hmm. I expect more of a reaction. The audience on Rotten Tomatoes give it an 89%. IMDb has it at an 8.0 out of 10. Metacritic has it at 83, with a user score of 7.1. So Rotten Tomatoes is the one that's out of its own league this time. Yeah. Take that, Matt. 100 out of 100 people agree. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is perfect. Terminated at least a (laughs) 6. Oh, God. This never happened before. (laughs) And those are the movie facts that I have for you. So let's get into our general thoughts about this movie. No spoilers, guys. This movie only came out, what, 33 years ago? Something like that. It's close enough for me. (laughs) 
Corey, you can go. Cool. I really like this movie. It's a fun romp, and I think the most pivotal piece about this movie that I think is underappreciated is the fact that it is the perfect foundation-laying movie. It does what all first movies in a series should do, which is give you enough information to pull you in and understand the story, but not all of the facts. And every movie that has come after it continues to build on the groundwork that was laid in this movie. And they did that very, very well. And sequel, what about you? I really like this movie. Um, it's one of my favorite action movies ever. I love the pacing of it. It's You get action right away from the get-go, and there's really no dull spots. And the, the, the um, non-action spots, I guess you would call it, they, they build towards the story. It's, it's just well-written. There's, it doesn't exactly hold up too well. We'll get into that. But um, story-wise, action-wise, this movie's really, really good. This movie's trash? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, this movie's good. I don't think it deserves to have a perfect score on anything at all, because there are, there are noticeable, problem, noticeable problems with this movie. I mean, I could nitpick this movie to death if I wanted to. But overall, it does a good job at limiting exposition and stuff like that. And we'll talk about that more when we get into specifics, but I think it does a lot of cool things in this movie, and just a couple of things that I think are kind of stupid. Those are our general thoughts for The Terminator. If for some reason you haven't seen this movie yet, and you, you know, you care about spoilers, turn your ears away, press pause, go watch it, come back, we're here. It takes 40 minutes to get any explanation of what is happening. I love that the most. I'm, I'm really a big fan of it. The movie starts, it goes, things are happening, and as an audience, we have no fucking clue what is going on. There are these weird blue lightning bolts, and two people have dropped out of thin fucking air. Both nude. Bo- both completely nude. This movie nude. really wastes no time That's it. showing us male nudity. Um, this is the ass that did sell the movie, unlike <laughs> another movie that we just talked about. But which one? <laughs> uh, Schwarzenegger's, obviously. I guess. It's the first ass we see. That's that's 100% accurate. The first people that interact with Schwarzenegger, there's a pretty big name in that group of individuals. Bill Paxton, I think, is... is right. He's one of the thugs, right? Yeah, he's one of the punks, as they call him on IMDb. He's the one with the um, tire track fucking tattoo down his face. I do love how you get action right away. And you get them both coming back... They both kind of like assimilate until into 1984 in a different sort of way. One's like brute strength, a man on a mission, got to take care of business. He's not a man though, because he's not a man. But he's organic material, which is why he was able to come back in time. He's wearing a man suit. He's wearing a man suit, and the other guy is just kind of like scrambling. Yeah, I'm sure the jump back in time probably a little disorienting. That's a fair assessment. It definitely scrambles you. He doesn't even know what year it is. He's got to ask that guy. He doesn't help him out. He's a cop. Yeah. He wrestled the cop's gun away. Points at him. He's like, what year is it? And he's like, it's May. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's actually the line. I don't know what city this takes place in because I didn't pay much attention. But I don't know if we're ever given that. mention it? No, it's got to be Southwest... uh... It's somewhere close to the border, to right. Mexico. Right. Because I assume that's where she ends up at the end, not to get mm-hmm. too much into that, but... Yeah. So maybe well, California? Sense. Do they say no, where T2 takes place? Because we can assume 
I mean, I've always just assumed that T2 takes place in the same place as T1. Well, they go to Mexico in T2. Yeah, halfway through, but John Connor is living with a family. So it's somewhere south. Yeah, I think it's California. It's somewhere south in California. I'm sorry, I'm getting into Judgment Day. I gotta... We can't. Can't do that. There's not... Yeah. There's definitely not enough time. I like how Kyle Reese, like, gets clothes, steals pants from the vagrant and... And breaks into a store. Brilliant idea, breaking into a store. I don't know if that was by design or not, but getting an overcoat. Doesn't get a shirt, though. You know, yeah. When he gets a shirt, you don't know how he got his shirt. I assume he went back to the homeless guy and stole his shirt. Doesn't he... Oh, no, because he has the shirt when he goes into the club. Okay, never mind. I was thinking he was just shirtless up until he gets arrested late it's... in the movie, but he can't, because there's no way he's in Technoir. Right. That beautiful, beautiful <laughs> club. He just um, found it. He found shirt. It's fine. The T eight hundred gets his clothes in a slightly different way. Yeah, there's no way that their clothes fit him. Exactly, which is why they corrected it in the second one. They made a point to have like you see like the the heads up display inside the Terminator's eyes, where he's like doing all like the calculations of like all the people in the biker club. Right. Sorry, I'm going to try not to pull T two much more. Yeah, stop it. I'm sorry. But then when you see Kyle like um getting sneakers, getting those Nikes. He, like, sizes them up mm-hmm. just to make sure they fit. I feel like the reality that Kyle grew up in, he knows to do all of these things. Like, they didn't exactly have a lot in this post-apocalyptic right. future he lived in. That's a good point. So, every time he lost a pair of shoes and he needed to find another one, he wasn't going to waste time dragging a pair that didn't fit him. Knew, knows to size them up, keep moving. Can't be flopping out of those. you got a lot of running to do. All of the running. Need some Jordans. <laughs> Is that even relevant in 1984? I don't think so. Probably. in 83. I don't know if he got a sneaker in 84. I doubt it. He definitely didn't have a sneaker. It's a hell of a rookie campaign. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Arnold gets his clothes. And then he goes to the gun shop. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. That's a fun scene. There's not much to it. The guy just kind of... It's talk- I, I actually... One of the my favorite things about that scene because it's completely absurd, is... So he, he shows him the sweet uh, forty-five pistol with, like, the laser scope on it. Yes. And then he's like, something bigger. And then behind him, he's got the stereotypical gunshot gun racks with all, like, the rifles and shotguns. Mm-hmm. And just conveniently an Uzi. I have this Uzi here. Well, be- before well, he asked for the Uzi by yeah. name. Before that, he says a he says a gun in the the plasma rifle or something. You get what you see, pal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the fact that the dude just has an Uzi on his shelf, those those aren't legal. Yeah, and I'm like, which one do you want? All of them. He's like, I'm going to leave early today. He's yeah. like, oh, you can take the handguns right away. Fifteen day waiting period and just assault rifles. You can't do that. <laughs> and they shoot. Wrong. <laughs> and then he goes on a killing spree of Sarah Connors. Yes, Connor. Connors. There's, Plural. There's more, more than one. Uh, Sarah Connor. Okay, I thought you were saying the last name was. No, 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 no. Just multiple Sarah Connor. But just like, um, like if you just compare Kyle and Arnold or the T800, him getting his clothes one way, Kyle getting his clothes one way, him getting his gun one way, Kyle getting his gun one way, stealing it from the cop car and mm-hmm. sawing it down to conceal it. It's very like different. I like that. Yeah, it definitely. One's human and one's efficiency. And it definitely highlights, I mean, exactly, again, exactly how it works in this post-apocalyptic world that they lived in. Everything that the Terminators were doing and Skynet was doing is very efficient. 
what the humans are doing are scraping by to figure out a way to make it work. They probably never created plasma guns. They just learned how to kill Terminators and take the ones that they had. Maybe. We don't know what happens. We don't know what happens. And in the continuity of the movie, they actually skip right over that. They They really gloss over all the interesting things about the future. Yeah. We catch rats and eat them. That's what we do. We fight the robots. Was it 2027? That's what they said they were from? Yep, 2027. Ten years away. We're getting close, guys. I love uh, pre-internet movies. Because they look up Sarah Connors in like a very 1980s way. In the phone book. Phone book, in the, a public phone book in a phone booth. Yeah. Love it. I'm surprised they didn't do the cliche thing of ripping that page out. Kyle does. With them. Does he? Yes. Mm-hmm. He rips it out. Never mind. Arnold doesn't have to. Yeah, he just kind of memorizes it in the computer that's in his, his brain. Sarah Connor, this address. I mean, how lucky is Sarah Connor to have been that low down on the yellow pages? Lo- right. In the yellow pages. Third name on the list. Fourth? There's only three. Three. There's only three in the book. Oh, there's only three in the book. Okay. Who's the other person that he kills then? There's two Sarah Connors in her roommate. One spoken death. You see one kill, and then they they talk about another kill. Yeah. They don't actually see it. And then there's oh, it's the okay. He kills Ginger, the worst character ever. Is she the worst character ever? She's is that the one with the dude in the room? She's addicted to listening to music on her Walkman. It's like, like, actually addicted. She wears it during sex. She wears it getting ready. She wears it after sex. That And and that's the one where the guy gets murdered, too, right? Yes. The guy's in the yes. house. So, yeah, she's dancing around making a sandwich and pouring a glass of milk at whatever time it is in the middle of the night. I'm not understanding and hearing all the crashing. You've got to turn those suckers down. Um, You're not going to be able to hear. Now, I wasn't around in 1984, but I don't think that the leap in headphone technology was that... Big between 84 They and did like, not have noise-canceling headphones. No. Yeah. And like 94 when I was like really listening to music on my Walkman. But those headphones used to suck. Like you would still hear everything around you. There's no way she's playing it that loud but she can't hear her boyfriend getting brutally murdered in the other room. Maybe she heard what she wanted to hear, Corey. It's actually fair. She was going to break up with him anyway. You know what then? Good riddance. She does deserve to die. <laughs> wow. Wow. Corey, Jesus. <laughs> How else do you feel? That the Terminator is the good guy in this movie, right? Sure, Corey. <laughs> in his own way. So let's, so let's talk about Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor. Let's do it. She is so 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the hair in this movie is terrible on the women. Oh, wow. my God. It's the accurate. First, the first time you see her, though, she is a she is a walking depiction of the 80s. Between that weird boxy scooter, that hair, yep. the weird blouse that's like... From, like, colonial era and then the weird-shaped pants. She looked like a cardboard cutout of the 1980s for me. Terrible waitress. Oh, yeah, she was pretty bad at that. I think she's the best actor in this movie. We don't get a lot of acting from other people, so it's hard to judge. She's better than Michael Bean. That's fair. She's better than the cops. Arnold's performance is, like, an incomplete, because you have no idea... You, You can't judge it because he's a cold, unfeeling robot, and he does that... Perfectly. But that wasn't hard to do. I actually disagree, because the one time that he should have been colder, he seemed to react a lot more. Every time he pulled the trigger, like, his eyes blinked, like, what humans do when they pull triggers. He didn't look as much... Like, when he was just walking, he looked perfect. Every time he pulled a gun up and started shooting a gun, he looked like a person, and I didn't like it. Until the police station scene. He did that No, he reacted to shooting, like, 
he reacted to all of the shootings that he did the way that a person would react. There's no there's no reason for his eyes to blink every time a gun goes off. He it's a breathes. human thing. That's how he breathes. <laughs> Other eyelids. Not I the, don't think his shooting I don't think his like murders early on are convincing as a robot. I, I think they are. Yeah, they're fine. My opinion. Not to harp too much on T two, but it's amazing how different Sarah Connor is in the Terminator versus T two. Based but, off of like fifteen minutes of exposition in this movie. Doesn't even like they don't even look the same. Like I had to check the picture of the same actress. Yeah. What's weird is that there's the, a lot of time in between the two also. What like seven years, six I years? Think. 1991. 91, sorry, seven years. Seven years. You were right on. Even Sarah Connor from start to finish of this movie. So again, the first time you see her, she's a walking depiction of the 80s. Then when she's in the Jeep driving down to Mexico, her hair is like down, kind of more flat, like a regular person's hair is supposed to look. Like someone who's just been through hell. Yeah. I, uh, man, you could really dive into like the time travel stuff in this movie. It is so much fun to think about it. I don't know how you can because we're given pretty much nothing about it. But we get two pieces of information that are fucking pivotal. We know that John Reese is John Connor's father. Yes. Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. I'm sorry. Fuck my life. Kyle Reese is John Connor's father. And that he winds up with the picture that is taken at the end of the movie. Right. But... Since she's been saved, and I'm sure things get altered in the future, either this doesn't happen anymore, or this is an infinite time loop where he keeps getting the picture, coming back, bumping uglies with Sarah Connor, <laughs> and creating his his idol, slash trainer, slash whatever. Well, the point is, so, in version one, John Connor rises up to like the higher echelon ranks of the human resistance, and is almost about to win... And that's when the Terminator gets sent back to kill Sarah, thus stopping John. But had you not sent the Terminator back to kill Sarah, then Kyle never goes back. John's never born. Yeah. Yeah. This, so is, it's, this, is, this is how time travel works in every movie. I know. It's and fun. I'm just going to say we're, we're not talking about this anymore because this will be all episode. It's worth every second. Is it? It would be quality. all episode, too. And again, I know this is going to get probably edited out, but... In Terminator 2, <laughs> by destroying the Terminator and preventing anything from happening, John Connor should be your race from existence. I think my, but my favorite part of the whole time travel nonsense is that John Connor goes into the future as a soldier, knowing that he has to meet Kyle Reese and prep him to go back in time. He has to make Kyle Reese in the future. I don't think he goes into the future. In the future. He's born in the future. Yeah, no, 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 that's what I mean, though. In the future, he has to go out, find Kyle, take him under his wing, make him his right-hand man, and at the appropriate time, send him back in time. All the while, making sure that he falls in love with his mother. I, that's because he, he knows. Yeah, she's does he reco- know? Yes, because she's recording. Right. And she takes the picture and gives it to him, so that when the time comes... you. But he she can, doesn't have any idea what that picture looks like. No. No. She has no idea which picture it is, but she knows that she has to give, like, that's the, that's, after that, after that moment in time, when she's driving down to Mexico, she is off grid, she's not, she's not taking pictures of herself anymore. That's the only picture she has of herself. So that's what she gives to John, which John then gives Kyle. Anyway. (laughs) So much fun. Let's, let's move on. Sure. This is 
forever. So I guess we can go... Alright, so um, the T-800 is going around. He, he kills the first two Sarah Connors. It alerts the police that two people with the same name got murdered. And the Sarah Connor that we're following freaks out every time that the news is on saying that a woman named Sarah Connor was brutally murdered. Brutally murdered, yes. Turn this off. No! Don't! <laughs> Bit of overacting there. I know a Sarah Connor. Holy not me. So then... The T-800 finds Sarah Connor at the same time as Kyle Reese? So the reason that the T-800 finds her at all... Because she calls home and leaves a message home. on the answering machine. No, no, no. She, The T-800 picks up. No. Mm-hmm. The T-800 no. checks the answering machine. No, the, that's, she leaves a message. He's pretending to be her mom later when she's right. on the phone. Oh, that's the hotel. Yeah, he leaves the message right. with the, she leaves a message with the roommate while she's listening to headphones and getting murdered. That's right. Okay. You're right, you're right, right. I'm thinking of the hotel. He shows up. She is the worst timing ever. Twice. <laughs> so then the T-800 shows up, is about to pull the trigger, to complete his mission, and Kyle Reese... How did Kyle Reese figure out that she's there? He tailed her. He saw her first, before the T-800 oh, okay. got there, and he saw her duck in there, and he's like, I'm going to be inconspicuous about this, and then goes inside. And he says my favorite line of the movie, which is my favorite line of the franchise... Come with me if you want to live. It's the call. It's the callback of all callbacks, one, right? It's also in the second one. Yeah, Arnold says it in the second. Yeah. one. it's Arnold's first line in the movie. Is it? Yeah, he he runs into John, a teenage John Connor, like in the back alleyway of a mall, arcade, and, arcade, but like the back exit, and he says, "Come with me if you want to live." And then all hell breaks loose. Probably one of the most incredible act, action sequences in the whole franchise on the motorcycle. So this is the first time we see the T eight hundred get. Damaged in any ways. Not hurt. You can't really say that he got hurt at all, but he got damaged. He got shot a bunch of times. Got shot a bunch of times in the chest, the arm. Is this when the eye gets damaged too? No, that's later. It's later. Okay. This is after that is when he's like he tears the flesh off his arm and he starts diddling with the. I thought that, was, that both of those things happened at the same time. Now, actually, yeah, his eye does get damaged because when he does the flesh in the arm, he does the eye. Sure. Does he do yeah, it? When he does it, when he does the same pair. So, what ha- okay, so this is what happens. After they leave Technicolor, they're on the run, they get in the car, he gets in a car and is chasing them yes. down. And that's when they cut to the dead end and he fishtails out and the T-800 doesn't and runs full force straight into the wall. Yes. So that must have been when, amongst that those two sequences, that's when the eye got injured. Right, and Sarah and... Kyle, they get apprehended by the police. At that point, yeah. And the T-800 goes to a abandoned hotel room to repair himself. I don't know where he went, but it was a place with an X-Acto knife and a mattress. Mm-hmm. That's his safe house. And um, But they make no mention of how he gets into the safe house. Yes. Like, it's not like he went into, like, a sleazeball hotel be like... Why would they? That's pointless exposition. This movie's not about that. Let's go. <laughs> Good. All right, so when he's repairing himself, the latex on the arm, fine with it. Yeah, that, that'll be okay. His face, though, looked awful. Yeah. Even that for is, 84, That is not the right? same thing as what we saw on The Man before. Exactly. What, that is terrible looking. Every time they showed that face, and it was, like, clear, like, very obviously animatronic, like, trying to look realistic, all I could see is every mannequin in Disney World. Every, <laughs> like, if you go on um, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, that's what they all fucking look like and I couldn't not see it I couldn't and I can't forgive it because I couldn't not see it 
I remember the eye scene being cooler when he like cuts his eyeball out and you see like the red light. Mm-hmm. I believe, that's like the movie poster too. Is like the red, the red eye, yeah. and it looks really badass in the movie poster. It just, just didn't look that good. Yeah, has not aged well like most of the other things in this movie. Yes, very true. And it was like one of those things where as soon as the weird animatronic fake Terminator puts the sunglasses back on, it <laughs> like it like cuts directly back to actual Arnold. Yes, and I was like, ah, that's better. You that look feels- you look better. The exchange he has with the uh, hotel's janitor. That's a little funny. later on, right? Uh, That's the second time he repairs himself. What? The, I thought the second time was with the eye. I thought he repair. I thought he does both repairs at the same time. They go back to what to the, the police station. And he, he's in that hotel room twice. No, there's two that. scenes in it, but yeah. I think he's only in the hotel once. I know that the, the, the line you're oh, talking no, no, no. about yeah. talk a little bit later on. No, you're absolutely because right. Because after he does the, uh, he cuts his eye out, and um, he goes to the, the mattress, lifts it up, takes his gun, climbs out the window again. Yeah. But the other time, he actually walks out of the, into the hallway. Yes. That's right. He must go back twice. Hmm. So while Sarah and Kyle are at the police, Sarah's telling her story, and Kyle's telling his story to the prison psychologist? Yes. So, that must be what happens. He runs headlong into the wall. Right. He goes back and repairs his hand. Then they go to the police station. He shows up at the police station. No, he repairs his eye before the police station. Fuck me. I'm just Definitely. Uh, it's, this yeah, is an irrelevant He's point. wearing the glasses. Yep. Yeah, yeah, this is... But it's also... Anyway. Point. Yeah. So, the police station scene, yes. Right. Now, when Kyle's telling a story, we finally get the feel what's going on, right? We, we get, a, get a little bit of backstory. It's quick. We get a little bit of it the f- first time they're in the car together, right after the come with me if you want to live. Right. Yeah. They get a little That's bit 40 there. minutes in, when we finally in. get to find out why the fuck she's important and why people want to murder her. Mm-hmm. And then we get real details of how they got where they are, why there's no fancy-smancy plasma guns. I love that line, too. Why do you remember like a ray gun? He goes, you can only go back with organic material. <laughs> That's why the T-800's able to come through, guys. You can only go back naked, too. And then Sarah's kind of on the fence whether she believes Kyle or not. The cops kind of convince her that he's... Crazy, that because... He's crazy. If you're in 1984 and you hear this story, you're probably being thought of as crazy. She mentions uh, being the, the T-800 being shot in the chest, and they pull out the, I guess, the Kevlar vest. And then she goes, what about when he punched through the window? And he's like, could have been high PCP. Broke every hand in his... Broke every hand... Uh, bone every in his hand, hand in his body. Every hand in his body. Broke every bone in his hand. Won't Would feel you, it for hours. And then she ends up making a split decision to trust Reese before she really knows that Arnold's a robot. Right. This is while she's taking a nap. Yep, she starts hearing gunfire, so she ducks under the table. Uh, does she hear gunfire? Does she hear Arnold crash through... Uh... Probably that. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it's the crash. It's and the then the, um, the police chief, I guess is what we'll call him, comes in the one door, locks it behind him, says, stay here, and exits another door into the same room. Right. <laughs> very, very fun sit- like uh, room situation. Dual doors. The police station scene when, when Arnold shows up is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the best action we get, in my opinion. It's also the most methodical action, like, robot-killing action sequence. And I think it's more, I mean, not being able to see Arnold's eyes make that seem a lot better. 
because I think he gave a lot of weight with the eyes. Right. Initially, he walks in, asks for Sarah Connor. The cop by the desk says, no, you can't see her. She's giving a statement. So then he leaves, goes in his car, drives through the police station, gets out with all of his guns, and just starts wasting people left and right. Yep. Which is exactly what would happen if... I love the way it's shot. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of slow moving. The cops are all frantic, and he's just methodically blowing them away one yep. by one. All while Sarah's hiding out, and she finally meets up with Reese. Reese just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, how did he get out? Like I don't, I don't, I don't they know if really, they show it. They don't really show much about that. He just kind of pops up, says, "Hey, come with me. Let's do this. We're out. You're in out. And that's when they hang out under the bridge for a while. Where we get a little more exposition, because he gets shot, so right. she's doing a field dressing. She's freezing. Freezing. And then she gets shot, and he goes, take off your coat. I met her, and she goes, bitch, I said I was cold, but he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so after the under the bridge scene, that's when they get to the hotel, correct? That's the next thing that happens? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're moving pretty fast, but... Um, the movie moves fast. It's okay. I mean, at that at this point, the movie is definitely picking up the pace. A lot significant happens. Yeah. Right. They go to the hotel and they're they're, they're making nitroglycerin pipe bombs. Pipe bombs. Plastique. Plastique. What's for dinner? Plastique, Plastique sounds good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. A lot of jokes in this movie. I think they went for and miss. Yeah, but it's fine. It's I, I don't. I don't think it lacks comic relief. I don't think this movie necessarily ever needed it. I agree. I don't, I don't think it really needs it. Yeah, so the fact that the jokes miss, I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, so they're in the hotel building pipe bombs, mm-hmm. and Arnold's trying to figure out a way to track her down. I guess so, yeah. Right? I mean, that's the only logical thing that he could do. He has no more leads. And he, he has her address book from the apartment, and he goes yes. to her mom's house. Right. And then kills the mom, and then personates the mom. I have a question. Sure. If he can flawlessly mimic another human being's voice, why doesn't he pick a random dude and talk like him instead of obviously sounding like a fucking killer robot the entire movie? (laughs) This is my biggest gripe with the movie. It's just at a fundamental level because you think a machine would adapt like that. It's a fair question. I mean, if you're going to include him mimicking voices in the movie, you you might as well go... All the way with it. Like, he should not sound like just complete Austrian Arnold Schwarzenegger, not great at English. Unless that was the whole point. Because he has that thick Austrian accent makes him not good at English, he doesn't need to say a lot. And it continues to give us the feel and knowledge that he's a robot. Right? Like, it's the one thing that anchors us down to be like, no, that's not a guy, that's a robot. And then he only uses that skill at a certain point in time when he needs it. It does turn into, and again, I don't want to move forward, but... I know, but I want to bring it, up the same point, I think. It's in every movie since, where... Just, uh, we're going to Terminator 2, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, because it, it's not just Terminator 2, it's all the ones that happen after this, where a robot gets sent to the past. The bad guy robot is much better at talking like a regular person. Also, in, in T2, I mean, he can mimic other people's appearances... And, like, this back to his point, he doesn't do it nearly often enough in T2. No. And you should be doing that left and right. You would think it would be a lot easier. No? Right? Yeah, no, because every time... That's a, you see, that's a legitimate you see, right. You see that cop in that uniform, you know who it is. Exactly. So back to this movie. Back to this movie. If he did it more, he'd be able to disguise... Because the way he talks, 
Apparently everyone in this movie is a complete idiot. Because you'd have to be a complete idiot to never be suspicious of this guy. Especially when he shows up at the police station. Yeah. I am a friend of Sarah Connor. <laughs> Can I see her? I'm totally not holding a shotgun. <laughs> all, all with the now no knowledge that every time he has a conversation... There's a list of possible conversation responses. Yes. Yes. No. Fuck you, asshole. Right. Yes, no, or what. Go away. Please come back later. Fuck you, asshole. (laughs) Did you look him up? Is that what they say? Yeah, I looked looked the screenshot up. Nice. He made the right choice. He did. I think he should say come back later. (laughs) Be polite. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Wow. See, you know what my big question is? you have the technology to send a T-800 back in time, it's perfectly fine to be like, yes, let's kill Sarah Connor. That's a great idea. But now that you're stuck there, why don't you just go around and kill everything that you see? Like, start on one end and work your way across, because there's nothing that's going to stop you. I don't agree It takes that. a lot to stop this one. It's a, it's a robot with a mission, like. But what happens after the mission's complete? Do you just shut it down? No, I mean, if you send them back in time and say destroy everything, I mean, it's gonna take a while. It's gonna take a while, and you, I think, eventually there's gonna be military action. He's gonna get stopped. Fair, right? He have a specific goal. It was compartmentalized. It's, it's very single task oriented. Just take out Sarah Connor. Nothing will stop him. Which makes this awesome. I mean, it's definitely yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's it's a bad thing. It's not an interesting thing. movie at all if you send the robot back and be like, destroy everything, and, you know, if you happen well, to no, see I'm Sarah just... Connor, also her. <laughs> I'm just I'm just postulating that, like, the secondary, like, programming, so you have the program Kill Sarah Connor. That is your main primary objective. Once that objective is complete, what do you do with all, well, I guess it's only 20 years. So. You retire to the robot beach. I mean, you probably just shut yourself down and... Probably wait. destroy yourself, I would think. Maybe. It's yeah. dark. Or you just hide... Have or you a pina hide. colada. They're <laughs> delicious. You hide in a specific spot. The Skynet computer system knows where you are. He just Pop picks you back up. Put you right back on the front line when the war starts. Boom. So yeah, then um, Sarah kind of copies bump up, leaves in a hotel room. Yeah, that kind of happens out of relatively nowhere. I saw it coming the entire time. Spoilers, I've never seen this movie before. Is it really your first time? Yeah, but I... I'm it's like, kind of obvious. I'm like, he's the dad. He's definitely John Connor's dad. The minute that they do the flashback forward to John Connor in the future, after he goes into, like, the bunker... Right. Which is the only scene that I think might be a little too long. Because they linger on the out of him on the outside trying to destroy the big mechanical driving machine, death machine... And then it takes him a while to get back into the bunker, and then he's going around the bunker for a while. And then after a good amount of time in the bunker, he sits down, opens up his jacket pocket, and pulls out what we don't know yet, but what we will find out is the photo that's taken at the end of the movie. Right. Picture of Sarah. Picture of Sarah. And we're supposed to extrapolate from that that he's in love with this woman. You can tell from his eyes. Like, the way he looks at that picture, like... They're good actors. Yeah. They can do. They do exactly what they need to do to like get across what they're trying to get across, for sure. It's just good writing and camera work, and just it really drives that point home in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because you figure they would have lingered more on that than they did on him walking down the hallway. Well, that's our only glimpse into their future. Like this oh. is this is where he comes from. That's our only chance to see it. Really, that's true. True. That's a very good point. 
It is at this time that the uh, T-800 shows up at the hotel, and there's a line before that that they use dogs in the future to tell when Terminators are coming, mm-hmm. and the reason they're able to know that T-800 is presence is imminent is that dogs are barking outside, alerts them both, mm-hmm. and they're able to get away, and there's a pretty awesome chase scene in a tunnel, right? That happens yes, next, because yes, they, yes. they have all the pipe bombs. That all happens in the tunnel. I, again, it's probably my second favorite action <laughs> sequence in this movie is the tunnel chase with Arnold on the motorcycle. And I guess Kyle's driving initially. Yeah, but then and they're going to swap. Th- so he can swap. badly throw. Yeah, he's really to, bad. <laughs> yeah, he's not had the timing down. Overthrowing, underthrowing. Just just barely missing, but doing that, that awesome shot, though, where like it's just like a pile of smoke and it, whatever needs to come through is coming through. There's a lot of things in this movie that I think are um, groundbreaking visually that you just see all of the time after this. Trend setting. Trend setting. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like that that particular thing. I don't know that. I mean, I have to assume it must be. It must have been done before this. Overall, effects wise, what do you think of it? Outside of the times when half of Arnold's face is supposed to be human, other than and, the latex, what do you think of like the the special effects? Oh, I like them all. Yeah. The lightning? The lightning's pretty bad. Fuck you. The lightning's <laughs> fine! But you know what? For 1984, it's fine. No, it's not. Because here's my argument. Because Back to the Future came out in 1985. And the fire and the lightning that they used in 1985... Yeah, 85, that is way better. Way better! Uh, yeah. Right. yeah, it, it better. does suck. You're right. That looks like bad Emperor fucking lightning. That's what I'm comparing it to. I'm comparing it to... So it's the same as that. Yeah. And I think that that lightning's fine too. I, I don't even know what the true lightning is from that time anymore because they've reworked those movies so many damn times. <laughs> I'm going to point you back to the budget of $6.4 million. Very true. And we're there. It's true. They did this with $6.4 million. Yeah. It's fine. I think the, the the lightning is fine for what it was. Much more forgivable for 1984. Yes. In 2017, no. The, yeah, no, that would not. But that's not this movie's fault. The one shot blowing up the gas tank that he's driving towards the end that like melts all of the skin away and he becomes just the inside of the T-800. That's after he gets run over by the truck. Oh, that's right. He gets run over by the truck first and that's how he gets the truck. What's funny about that truck that he runs him over is earlier in the movie he runs over a toy truck. It is the same truck. Oh. It's a a toy of the truck that runs him over. (laughs) How's that for irony? Foreshadowing even. Right. Also, does anyone else think of Beverly Hills Cop when he puts the plastique in the tailpipe of the truck? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Right. So, yeah, he puts the plastique in the tailpipe of the truck. Truck blows up. Then he, the, the flesh melts off. And we think it's over, but it's not. And you see the metal skeleton of the robot. I guess the robot in its true form. Mm-hmm. That looks really good. That looks so bad. No, I love the way it looks. When the robot is moving, it looks horrible. Just the overall look of the robot. The look of the robot itself, fine. It's totally fine with that. It's very iconic, too. That's like, that's Terminator. Yeah, yeah. It's standing up and not doing big motions, just kind of turning left and right. That's fine. Yeah. And that cryptic smile it has, Mm -hmm. which isn't really a smile, just the way it looks. I love it. The red eyes. But the running and walking is, oh... I understand that, but, oh, it's bad. It doesn't look great, it, but I think that the bigger crime in this is the latex and the half-faced Arnold. 
I think that is a yes. way, way bigger crime than an actual robot skeleton walking around. Like, I can forgive that. See, I think the latex looks bad even for 1984. Yeah. I think when people saw this movie and they were talking about the, the robot walking around, I think they're like, oh, that was awesome. I really think that played well to an 84 crowd. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. 100%. I will say, I think somehow, like, it got better as the movie went along, like, that final part. Like, towards the end of, like, the fight when the robot's moving around and stuff, I noticed it, it looked way less bad. The smoother? Wasn't it yeah. choppy? And I think, I think that is partially due to the fact that the, the last pipe bomb that Reese puts, that Reese plants, is inside and it blows up and it's in half. You can probably, they could have probably actually made something where it's just the torso, head, and arms actually crawling. They definitely did. That looks like it was practical effect. That as soon as that happens, I'm like, okay, this, this looks real again. I also think that is one of the most iconic things that people have stolen from this movie. Every zombie flick ever since then has used this. The, the, no, yeah, the the half half body. Crawling, yep. Yeah. The, and I'll point you to the very first episode of The Walking Dead. The very first episode of The Walking Dead, one of the first walkers Back that... Back in 1983. <laughs> the first walkers that he runs into is one with no legs. And it's just crawling at him. And it's doing the exact same crawl. It's such an iconic look that I think was started here. I Yeah. I The thing that reminded me of most of all was uh, you've all some Child's Play, right? Mm-hmm. I watched it recently. It's Halloween. October. Makes sense. Chucky dies like four times at the end of the movie. Jesus Christ. You've never seen it? Come on. (laughs) I haven't, but I don't care. So for for Terminator, he gets burned. All the flesh goes off. He's a a robotic skeleton. He gets blown blown up. He gets cut in half. And then he gets crushed. Chucky gets burned and is charred. You think he's dead, but he's not. And then... The mom shoots his head off, and his body's still moving as his head's telling him what to do. <laughs> and then they shoot off his legs, and then they think it's over. And then he busts through a vent at the end. It's just his torso as a head again is talking, and they shoot him through the heart, and he dies. He died. Like, I think they, they kind of stole it. Yeah. Right? It's very similar. Like, we can't kill this thing. It's unstoppable. Yeah. And that's become a trope in many, yes. yeah. many things I've seen in my life. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's a trendsetter. I mean, I'd yeah. like to go... I'd be interested to kind of go back from this point and see if there's anything like it before. To see if this movie stole from something else. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything either off the top of my head, but... Well, same. But we've been thinking about this for a grand total of three minutes now. That's true. And done zero research. Classic CTH fashion. Classic. Classic us. We see a lot of movies. Like, something would stick out. To be continued. Well, in the process of blowing up the T-800, Reese is killed in the explosion. Yes. I guess we probably could see that coming, right? When you find out he's the dad, there's no way he's surviving this. Right. Like, otherwise, what's the point? Further, I mean... Well, you don't know... They don't tell you he's a dead. Like, you can make that assumption at that point. It's of, really obvious. Yes, it is. It is very obvious. The 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 love making scene kind of gives that away. Yeah, yeah. it's another thing I like about this movie. Well, I already kind of touched on it, but it treats you like you're not a complete idiot. It has a reasonable expectation that people watching this movie are going to be able to figure out what it's trying to tell you without overtly telling you, which is good. I like that, and I think more movies need to 
do that. There's no exposition dump. It's there's no exposition. I mean, there is in the car and in the police station. That's their exposition dump. But I don't think they're dumps. I think that they're strong plot necessities at that point. He needs to say something when he's being questioned. So that's when you give exposition. He does. It's, yeah. it's just conveniently placed exposition. Yes. The exposition yes. fits yes. in those. Yes. Where I think an exposition dump is just two guys... Oh, yeah, no. Exposition dump is like the entirety of the room. Yeah. <laughs> if, there, if only there was a plot to that movie. So. One thing I didn't understand about the whole final sequence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they touched on it earlier. He turns... They, they break into a factory of some sort. Mm-hmm. He turns on all the machines. So it would be more difficult for the T hunter to track. Because you can see him using all his menus inside his eyes and stuff. So I guess I I was able to jump from that to believing that like all the electrical interference would like because that's how he sees. He doesn't see like he has like cameras, but he reads based on stuff and menus and. I guess, but I, I guess know. if your mission is destroy Sarah Connor, that's going to be like your. Focus. Main focus. I'm believing I, the guy from the future on this one, guys. I'm going with him that he knows yeah. how it works. Sure, but it's I don't. It's poor. Like I would have liked more explanation earlier, early on. I, I I don't make that that easy connection. I think that's that's very. I think the only reason that is I, don't, a, I didn't care for it. I didn't think too much about it up until this second, and the only reason I think that it might be problematic is because about 45 minutes or so ago. He walked into a crowded nightclub where lots of people and flashing lights are all over the place, and he seemed to do just fine. And there's no problem. And plus, turning on the machines don't do anything. There was no electricity in that club. So they're saying it was the electrical interference. I'm kidding. But he yeah. doesn't mention the electrical interference. No. So it'll be more difficult for him it's to It's a throwaway them. line that they conveniently write into the movie. Mm-hmm. I can make the connection as to how it works, but it shouldn't really work. Yeah. Even if that's the case at all, and then it, it, does, doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. He tracks them perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah. So got, it's he fine. Got bad information, which is fine because it doesn't make sense that it should work, and in fact, it doesn't work. So perfect, not really a problem there. Um, it's unnecessary. Yeah. The the hearse like sitting like leaning up against that thing, reaching around the side, doesn't quite make sense. Like you have time now, you can. How does you know where that button is? Yeah, she has, she How does she know any... what it does? How does she know anything? Yeah. It's just... At this point, but at this point, like, the, the gate's dropped. Yeah, His she, arms dropped, she out. drops it. She yeah. drops the gate. The arm comes through. It's, like, just barely not enough to get to her face. Right. It's getting closer. It's getting closer, but it's really not there yet. She has enough time to just kind of, like, scoot over, stand up, walk around, find the buttons, be like, and on, there you are. Like, she doesn't have to just reach blindly at the side. But that's not suspenseful. I guess, but like it's like red, yellow, green, another yellow, and a third yellow. I'll push that one. It does lead not to even like green. one of my favorite movie tropes when the hero's about to kill the bad guy and there's a close up of their face and they say one final like badass line. What is the badass line here though? Terminate this motherfucker, I think. Oh, that's no, right, yeah. You're terminated. You're, yeah, you're terminated, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. But how many movies do that? A lot. Zoom in, boom, say it. <laughs> that's that's definitely an older trope than this movie. Absolutely. Well, I would I would think so. That's one because that's definitely an old western thing. It's western. That's I don't know when they started making James Bond movies, but sixties. Yeah. Well, we finished the movie. That's Terminator. That, it really is. <laughs> the landing scene. She's driving down to Mexico. We're assuming 
That's when she starts documenting... Right, she's recording tapes for yeah. her future son. Mm-hmm. She has no choice in the name. Nope. <laughs> no, she makes a joke about that. She's like, oh, great, I don't have to worry about a name now. Calorie stole the naming rights. That's fine. <laughs> and then she pays for a photo to be taken of her, and you for find out... Four dollars. You find out that's the uh, pivotal photo of the movie. Okay. He wanted five dollars, but he she totally haggled with him. I... Well, it's the scene outside of the fact that she gets the picture. Everything else in that scene, it makes no difference. But that might be the only joke that stiff that that made me laugh. Yeah, I have I have to charge you five dollars, or my dad will beat me. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> you are a sick man. Wow. No, because that's that's totally what um people that are like trying to suck you out yes, of money. This is, to, this is the scam that they're. Yeah, oh yes. my god, it's so funny. My dad's gonna beat me if I don't if I don't make you pay me five dollars. How about four? Perfect. <laughs> I'm just picturing a scene where this child comes up to Corey and tells him that, and Corey just laughs in his face like that's a good one. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Sucks to suck. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> you take credit card. I'm not liquid. <laughs> so favorite scene for me: police station scene. Least favorite scene: the latex of Arnold. Arnold repairing himself. It just doesn't work. Favorite scene is. The final showdown in the factory. Factory. I like how long it takes. I like how many steps, like how long of a process it is to just destroy a Terminator. Least favorite scene is that fucking close-up that they do of just his weird ghost-looking fake face. My favorite scene is the Terminator's response choice menu. Yep. Love it. And my least favorite scene is anything involving Ginger, the roommate, because she's the worst. Awesome. I think we did it. So, that's going to cover our review of The Terminator. Let's rate the movie so we can wrap this up. If you've never tuned in before, when we rate a movie, we give it Infinity Stones from 1 to 6. 1 is low, 6 is high. Let's do it. Like, oh, if you give it 6, you can also give it a gauntlet. Sequel. Rate The Terminator. This movie's very nostalgic for me. I, I love it for the action. I love the pacing. It's it's just go go go. Like it's it starts, keeps on going. It's it's fast moving. Um, I'm gonna give it five stones. I like the story. I like the acting. I don't like Terminator as a franchise. I think it should have stopped after two. It gets really dumb after two. But this this starts it. T two finishes it, finishes it for me. This movie is definitely a five stoner. And Corey, your thoughts. We didn't touch on it as much as I think I wanted to initially, but I got sidetracked and talked about other things. Here's your, t- here's your chance. Which, yeah, exactly. Which is perfectly fine. Again, I think that the the thing that this movie does best and is very overlooked a lot of the times is how good of a job it did setting up the rest of the franchise. Whether it should have stopped at two or not is debatable. You're probably right. The acting in this is good. I believe all of the performances outside of looking at Arnold's eyes when he shoots a gun. Exposition is placed perfectly. It, it's never really boring. It's just a really good movie. This gets five. I also think this movie is good. Also, there are weird ticks that Arnold has. Like, he looks at his hair in the mirror at one point, like, fixes it. I'm like, a robot wouldn't fucking care. No. That's weird. But yeah, like I said, this movie is good at making me not feel stupid. Here's, we're going to put the plot into the movie. You figure it out. We're not going to shove it down your throat, which is nice and refreshing from a movie that was made so many years ago, and it's kind of sad that movies now can't do this. 
I'm gonna actually I'm right with you guys. I'm gonna give this movie five stones because it's a good movie, a hundred percent worthy. It is not, <laughs> but five stones is as good a place as any to put it. So good on you, James Cameron. You know how to do a movie. Those are our ratings for the Terminator. If you'd like to let us know all the stuff that we missed about the Terminator or what you think about other stuff having to do with Terminator One only, you can send it over to us in an email at zthpodcast at gmail.com. The big new exciting news on the ZTH podcast front is now every week we will be posting a um, poll on our podcast about the movies that you will be listening to. So we are encouraging all of you fellow zeros out there to get on Twitter, find us at ZTH podcast, and vote along with us. We'd love to hear how many stones you think that these movies deserve. Um... Outside of that, I want you to also take a picture of your robot at home and send it over to us on Instagram at ZTH Podcast. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash ZTH Podcast, or search for us at Zeros Talking Heroes. Zeros and heroes end in E-S. And find us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. If you want to give us five stars, that would be awesome. And if you leave a review on iTunes with your rating, we'll read it on the air. We haven't got one of those in a while, so... Looking at you. Next time, here on the ZTH, we're going to be doing <sighs> Catwoman. <laughs> sound, don't sound so excited, Joe. The movie really wasn't that good. I'm burying the lead. I'm actually very happy. He's playing this one close to the chest. I'm not at all. We haven't made that joke in a while, am I right? A long time. Almost too long. Or almost not long enough. <laughs> so yeah, if that's something you're interested in, Tune in next time when we review that piece of cinema. Dumpster <laughs> fire. <laughs> On behalf of everyone else, as usual, I want to remind you that every movie is someone's favorite movie. And good night. Yeah, I got way too wrapped up in the time travel stuff. Can you remember that I really want to talk about it?